the business is good, bro. It's truthfully, it's grown and expanded from being just basketball training to kind of just being a, a well-rounded thing. I try to get the guys some meditation. I try to get them to watch some film. I try to get them to do some mobility and recovery work at the end of workouts. Just kind of trying to take it to the next level in terms of like caring about them as people and not just as players. Trying to show them that there's things that they can do off the court that will translate on the court and it'll just help them be better people and more efficient people. At the end of the day, that's my goal is just to kind of help people live better lives. But my avenue is just through the game of basketball. And so that's really what advanced training is right now. Cool, man. Um, Lamar, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was until you cut me off. Oh, dang. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, at the end, you uh, kind of sparked up something we want to talk about in this episode. Before we actually get started, though, like, okay, if you got – so we've been doing – we did on our last episode, uh, instead of us saying the quote, I thought it would be cool to see, like, quotes that y'all live by that y'all stick to. So if you have a, like, tell me, tell, well, tell the podcast one quote that you really live your life by or that really, like, stuck with you along these years. So, man, definitely, I got a a Martin Luther King Jr. quote on my ribs. And that's got to be the one that I would say right now specifically is kind of speaking to my life the most. And it is, uh, it's not the measure of a man. Let me think of it. Let me make sure I don't get it wrong. I'm talking about my own tattoo, bro. Get your rib, bro. It's on your body. Just look at it. The ultimate, I got you. I, I got it now. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in time of comfort and convenience but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, just saying uh, when everything is going good, man, everybody can stand 10 toes, you know, and do what they need to do. But when shit hits the fan, it's like, how are you going to respond? How are you going to make sure that everybody around you is good and just, you know, be the guy that everybody's looking towards to lead, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that's deep, for real. Yeah. I'm like, hey, what, what part of the ribs you got to tie it on? Right here, bro. That shit hurt, too. It was like three hours. It's on the side. All right, what'd you say? It's on the right side. Yeah. All right, bit, bit, bit. My right side open, too. So I'm going <laughs> There you go. There you go. That's how many Blood Brothers or something? Ink Brothers? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a tattoo on me, too. But now that's hey, the, ribs was t- the ribs was tough, bro. Not really, bro. I got rib, I got rib tattoo, and but it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Nah, that shit killed me. I'm not going to lie. All my <laughs> other ones, bro, my whole sleeve didn't hurt nothing, but the ribs killed me. I guess it's my turn to get a rib tattoo, man. <laughs> go me, ahead, let bro. Let go ahead. What the session is. I'm ready. Nah, man. You got that one little chest tattoo. Yeah, you Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. But no, TJ, you um, like you really hit on something on that on that quote though, because it's something something I've really thought about in a different sense, I guess. But um, so I guess in the past, or I guess more recently, I've I've thought about uh, like. When, when you're praying or, or giving thanks to something, um, I feel like everybody uh, is always, you know, when they're on their last, their last bit, their, their, their last whatever, that's when they get down on their knees or that's when they want to, you know, ask or give, uh, say, hey, you know, I know I've been doing this, I know I've been doing it, or I know I've been sinning, I know I've done all of this, but if you help me this one last time, I promise I'm never going to do it no more. Or I know a lot of people, people say, Lord, if you help me through this, or I promise I won't drink no more, or <laughs> I'll it after a long night out. But, you have to look on the opposite side, and when when good things happen to you, people just like look, they see it and they just move on. They don't look back and say, okay, let me give thanks for, you know, people, somebody that's helped me, or give thanks to, let's say, TJ threw me a lob or something, or Lamar threw me a lob or something, <laughs> and 
And it's, it's possible, but you don't really look back and say, man, thank you, T. Like, thank you, Lamar. You kind of just move on with it. Right? Or as, you know, on the opposite side of what people usually do, or in, in my, uh, what I've seen is people are like wanting a lob or something, want, want something good to happen. And then that's, that's when they constantly ask for or pray for or long for it. So that's something that I've been trying to do better on uh, just stopping him. I guess it's kind of like stopping and smelling the roses and, and giving thanks for what you have before, you know, before it's too late. People always say, uh, never know what you have until it's gone so it's kind of kind of goes, goes hand in hand yeah i would say because yeah, sure. yours what you well basically all you just said like all oh, that is good it's kind of like on a different spectrum i guess you would say of the quote because the quote is more so saying like when you have your good days like basically okay so it's it kind of like go hand in hand like you said like the quote says like when you have your good days and stuff you're doing good so basically put it in your terms well like give thanks and give back when you like doing good but then for the quote is like when you're doing bad how are you handling it mm-hmm. like everybody can handle the good days but how are you handling your bad days yeah i guess and, i kind of did on the opposite way yeah you did it yeah you did on the opposite but like like you said yeah. hand in hand yeah the way i like to see it is like you know god will send you a test to see which if you're ready for what you're asking for yeah. so like are you gonna sit there and complain about what you got on your plate or are you going to just find a way through it? Because on the other side, I mean, I'm going to say 100 percent of the time because it's just how it's worked in my life specifically. Mm-hmm. But 100 percent of the time, if you find a way through that, you know, through that adversity, walk through that path, you gonna end up with something better on the other side. You want to learn something or, you know, have received something that when you were walking through that, you were walking through hell. It was like, nah, I'm not feeling this. But as soon as you finished it, it was like, OK, I see the point now. Yeah, yeah. that's you're going to see the growth. Mm-hmm. when you get through it that's where you're gonna see the growth come in exactly yeah it kind of looks like I, I forgot who told me this but a while back someone was saying that there's always troughs and there's there's peaks so troughs are your 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 very your very low moments and then peaks are your your, your very high moments and then when, you, when you're in that trough and you're and you're low and you don't really know you don't really see the light it was dark down there you know you still have one of your worst days you don't know that when you, when you once you get out of there if you if you're able to get out of it and, and change your mindset or if you um just just find a way to get to that next step or get get to that peak uh no, no matter if you if it's um if it may seem i don't know minor to you you're always learning something you're always learning something from from every i feel like from every neg- negative experience you learn something whether it's like i say if you're changing your mindset to see it in, from a different perspective or um you know, you, you teaching yourself something like about, about the situation, maybe it's time management skills um, or you learn a new skill at work or, you know, you got thrown, you got thrown a new task and you feel like you're in a you're in a trough because you don't know how to do it or you, you don't think you're going to do it well. But then you reach that peak and out of it, you learn a new skill. So for like in your trust, you have to really be be, you know, be steady, um, be confident, be positive and you'll be flexible, too. For sure. It's kind of like what you said just a minute ago with the, uh, the other quote, because it's like the challenge is how grateful can you be even on your worst days? How grateful can you be even for the challenges? Because, like I said, even though even though, you know, in the moment, it's tough. Like, I'm not trying to say that you don't go through hard things and that you should just be smiling and laughing even when you got some tough on your shoulders. Not, nah, yeah. but it's like knowing that you're going to learn from it, knowing that you're going to grow from it. Can you be thankful in those moments? And if you can, then you don't really see them as negative anymore because, you know, like guys just putting something on my plate that I'm going to figure out something for. I'm going to make something shake. Yeah. No, what you said, bro, that's that's real. 
But a lot of people don't understand. Like when you're having a bad day or something's wrong with you, you don't have to go through and smile the whole day and put a mask over your face and, you know, worry about things. Everything's okay. It's okay to not be okay. I say that all the time, but it's okay not to be okay. So I see that a lot at work where, you know, say you're in a, you're in a casual, you walk through the, the hallway casually, and you're like, oh, how, how, how's it going? You're like, oh, I'm fine. You know, everything's well, but really you're going on a walk because you're so stressed at your desk that you have to get up rock around you know to get over it and i mean i'm not gonna throw any names out there but i have this guy that i see every once in a while in my office and uh every time i'm with every time i see him in the hall i know he's gonna give me the real answer like i can say hey, man how, like how's your day going he'll be like man i hate today like i hate what's going on so-and-so's been doing this today blah 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 but he's really genuine with it like not to bash anybody but he's just gonna tell me how it is and ever since like i've, I've been talking to him i'm like well you know, I, I don't have to always say, oh, like everything's fine. I can actually start a conversation. That's a good way to uh, start conversations and build relationships with people because when you're, when somebody approaches you in that way and you're able to open up with them casually, like having no longing relationship with them, having no prior experience with them, and you're able to open up with them, it allows them to trust you. And that's a good, I feel like that's a good way to, to build communication because I wasn't looking for that, you know, with him like as a office friendship or anything, but ever since we've been opening up together about, our days and being real and genuine with each other. Now it's like every time I see him, we like having a little mini therapy session in the break room or something. So <laughs> it's been it's been pretty cool uh, how that's worked out. I want to piggyback off of that because like that's some like that's some real world stuff. Like if someone's actually if you okay, no matter where you at, the workplace, out with your friends or wh- just whatever, if somebody actually you okay and you want to put like that smile on and be like, yeah, I'm okay. That really hurts you more than saying no, you're not okay. Because then, if you put on the putting on the fake face and smile and saying you're okay, it's like, dang. Now it's like it's holding it's holding me back even more. Versus, I can just talk to someone about it or and get it off my chest. Because saying you're okay when you're not okay just put way more pressure on you. Because then you thinking about like, dang, I'm really not okay. Why am I like lying to myself and lying to others when they can possibly be some help to you or just some give you some like wise words because like i know i had learned from that like here recently like i used to tell i'm uh everybody asked me if i'm okay and i'm like yeah i'm good da, da, da. and then i walk away like dang i'm really not okay i'm really like going through it but then like when i actually got past that and got away from my own self i guess and started like nah i'm not okay let me tell somebody yeah I'm like nah i'm not good but I'm doing this or doing that, or I take their advice to like, okay, yeah, you're not doing good, or everybody goes to that work patch, you should do this, or consider doing this, or like, yeah, you're gonna be straight, um, just keep your head up, blah, 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 stuff like that. So if you just be able to be open about what's like bringing you down, it's gonna help you way more in the long run than saying, I'm okay, because then it's like, you're not okay, so you're thinking about it like, dang, it's, it's, hurt. it's, gonna, it's gonna be worse to say you're it's worse to say you're okay when you're not okay instead of saying you're not okay and speaking about it, if that makes sense. For sure. I would agree for the most part because what I think it does is it opens up room for compassion. Like people, if you're real with people and you just say like, yo, I'm feeling this type of way today. I may not perform at my best. I may be kind of short tempered. What it does is it gives other people a chance to like I guess in the in the cheesiest way as it sounds, just just remember the humanness that you have, you know, like everybody goes through certain days and have certain emotions. But when we bottle them up and when we don't communicate, like you said, when we don't tell people 
I'm not feeling it today, then you don't know what's going to happen in, in your interaction. And again, if you're short tempered that day because whatever's going on at home or whatever's going on is stressing you out, then they don't know where where that emotion's really coming from. And they think that it's their fault. Right. And then you get into this whole web of emotions where they think that you're mad at them. Really, you're mad at something that's going on at home and it just expresses dysfunction as opposed to being real with them, opening up and then saying, yeah, like. I'm not feeling it today. So just know if I do something wrong, if I say something I didn't mean, just kind of have compassion for me. And then people can look at each other with more, you know, forgiveness in their eyes, as opposed to always getting caught up in our egos and being yelling at each other because something's going wrong. Yeah. Especially like if you know, like us, we're all friends, we're all cool. And we know like how we usually are on a regular basis. So if I tell you, yeah, I'm going through something, blah, 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 and I snap on you. You're gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's because Lamar's going through Except something. For me, bro, me too with a jab or something, bro. You better relax. You're not. Depends like... how disrespectful it is. Okay, yeah, right. depending you know on the respect level. But there's, like some... there's certain things you just yeah. can't cross, no matter yeah. what the situation. Yeah. Is. yeah. But yeah. if it's like some minor where, yeah. I, hey, I blow like, shut up, get out, get out my face, leave me alone, blah blah blah. Yeah, and especially I... if we were hooping, because then hooping brings out even more emotions. If you're yeah. pissed off and somebody foul you, then all of a sudden it's like you're ready to box. Whole time you're not even mad at them, bro. You just already mad. So, like, yeah, if you know that person, y'all real close already, and you tell them, like, yo, I'm just going through something, blah, 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 and then when something happens, it's like, okay, I can I understand where it's coming from. Let me not really put fault on him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't really just blame him fully because you know he's going through something on the back end. For sure. But if, like you said, if you never tell him, then it just doesn't look right. Yeah. Then it's just yeah. like, dang, bro is tripping today. Yeah. But it just depends, like, cause like if you cool with that person, or if you, uh, we brought it up. I think we brought it up on one episode. It just really depends on like your communication too. Like you can come back around even after, like you can be a day later or a couple hours later, whatever. As long as you come back around, by like, yeah, my bad, bro. This will sure. happen. Yeah, da da da. For it just sure. really just depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. You can handle it really. And everybody make mistakes. So even when we do snap at each other, like you said, having that sincere apology. And just acknowledging that you made a mistake is important. And then it's up to the other person whether they forgive you or not. If they want to hold on to that grudge, it doesn't hurt you. It hurts them. So. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of both of you guys. But it, I think that also allows you to, um, like, really get in tune with your with your own feelings and what, what you're actually feeling. So, like, I guess an example could be, have you, have you guys ever, um, I guess, been at work or just been anywhere and – somebody like you say the wrong response to how somebody greets you so say they um say that person is like <clears throat> like how was your day and you're like oh i'm good how are you and it's like the wrong response does that make sense mm-hmm. so i think and i think it's because like we do the same thing every day regardless if our tasks are different usually we do the same thing every day even though like what, it, what we if you look at it microly Whatever we do is, is probably different, but if you look at a big picture, you know, we wake up, we go to work, come back from work, and we pretty much just chill, right? Usually. So I feel like we kind of live a, a robotic lifestyle most of the times, um, especially like us being fresh out of, out of school and everything. I feel like our, our lives can get very robotic. So I feel like sometimes I'm just, I feel like I'm, I already expect what somebody's going to say in my mind. I'm not really thinking about, oh, how, like, how am I actually feeling? It's more just so like, they say something and I just say a, a cookie cutter response back to them. Right. Whereas somebody somebody's being genuine and asking me, So how are you? And you're like, Well, 
I've been okay. Like, I'm not feeling well. Or I'm, I'm doing okay. But, you know, work's really been stressing me out. So, like, it just gives you, if you're conscious of it, it can, um, I guess, help you really get in tune with how you're actually feeling. And then, I guess the next step would be, you know, how to kind of not heal yourself, but how to help you get through, um, you know, that dark place or, or, or that place you're in. You brought up earlier, uh, TJ, meditation. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, I like, like I said, like I finally started like talking to people about stuff. Like I had a conversation with my mom, and she was like, "You should start meditating." And like my response, my response to her, I was like, "Yeah, I can't do that. I'm not about to be able to sit in one spot oh, like for a certain amount of time. I need to get up and move around, blah blah blah." But like how, like explain, like break that down, like what you do, how it works for you, like all that that comes with it. So meditation is actually a really funny thing because now even since the last time we spoke on it in the last episode that i was on even my understanding of it has kind of you know changed and evolved since then but the best way that i could even describe meditation to anyone at this point is just kind of coming to realize one how erratic your mind can be because you just see how it jumps left and right um and then kind of detaching yourself from it, kind of realizing that no matter what your mind says, no matter what desires your mind has, no matter what thoughts race through there, it's just kind of being able to see them from almost a third person view, kind of detaching yourself from it. And then saying, are these really benefiting uh, benefiting me in any way? So, like, for me personally, that experience came in the most uh impactful ways when i was sitting by myself um either in a room or you know outside and just kind of breathing and trying to see if i could quiet my mind but the trick is trying to quiet your mind is impossible if you're trying to put effort into it it's just going to continue to fight back at you it's when you can kind of just relax and have intense focus i guess is the best way to describe it and so since i started meditating I was kind of the same way as you. Like I heard it and I was skeptical at first. I didn't really know if it was going to be beneficial. Didn't really want to be the guy that was sitting there by himself. Right. And then if somebody walks by, they're just going to see some weird dude sitting in front of a tree. That, that's why I imagine. I imagine somebody be like, hmm. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that's everything. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. That Even that now that I'm learning is like it has its benefits for other reasons. But that's not necessarily a where you have to take it if you don't want to or b. Uh, what you might need at the time like for me when I first began it was something as simple as like I would wake up in the morning and I would just spend the first five minutes with my back up against the wall so I wouldn't fall asleep and I would just sit there for the first five minutes of the day I wouldn't touch my phone I wouldn't do anything and I would just breathe and just try to see like if I could remember my dream or if uh, I had any feelings like as soon as I woke up if I was tired if I was hungry if I was anything I just kind of try to be present with myself and kind of breathe and try to slow my thoughts down as they started to race about what I might have to accomplish that day or who I might have to see, whatever's on my schedule. And so over time, it just shows you that like, no matter what your mind thinks, you have the last say, you have the last, um, you have the choice. You, you can always make a choice. That's the beautiful thing that God gave us is free will. So you can choose to do whatever you want to do. If I wanted to go, not saying I'm going to, but if I wanted to go murder a village right now, mm-hmm. light somebody on fire or something, I could choose to do that. I'm not that type of person. I'm not trying to cause harm to anybody, but I have the free will to go do that. I also have the free will 
to do what I'm doing right now, which is sit in my garage and talk to you guys. So like, yeah. it just kind of deepens your understanding of saying like, my mind is very impulsive. It grabs for the next thing. It wants another flavor of food. It wants another pleasurable experience. It wants another this and that. And it's just going to go from one thing to another. But when you can kind of sit back and realize that your mind is going to always be craving more and then you can kind of come to a space where you see it, you let it pass by and you sit with kind of the place in you that's even deeper than your thoughts, um, you kind of can begin to see, I guess, everything with a less clouded judgment is the way I'll, I'll describe it. You can see things for what they are and make more spontaneous and clear decisions based on the information you have at hand. So it's just really for me specifically, it's I stopped. I don't really have depression anymore. I don't have anxiety anymore. Um, I used to be worrying all the time about what people thought about me, about what I had to do, about what I wanted to do in basketball. I just was constantly overthinking, constantly stressed out about things that hadn't happened or things that had happened in the past that I couldn't change. And it's like I let all of that go through this process. I've now become a very efficient person for one, if we want to talk about success in the business world. But it's also just helped me be somebody who's filled with more love, somebody who is uh, much more willing to serve others. And I have more energy to serve others because I'm not focused on the wrong things anymore. I'm just focused on my life, what I can do to benefit myself and those around me, and then just try to make the world a better place in the process, not through forcing anything, but just by being the man I am, being truthful about my experiences and walking the path that I feel God has laid for me. And I, me personally, my path to where I'm at was meditation. For some people, it may be different. All right. Yeah. So I, I want to go That back. was a lot. I'm sorry. I want to go back, though. You brought up um, when you stand up for five minutes, you try to remember your dreams. And like, mm -hmm. I know. I, I like I noticed when I started going to bed at an earlier time and like once I got consistently going to bed early, I will wake up not tired. But also I noticed I will have more dreams. and I will be able to remember my dreams. Mm -hmm. Like by you doing that, like what does it tell you when you're able to remember your dream, I guess? So I don't know how exactly to explain everything that I've come to learn because I've done a lot of research on certain things. But basically your dreams can show you places in your subconscious mind that you may not be able to reach while you're awake. So like you may deny parts of yourself while you're awake and try not to pay attention to them. And then they can come out in your dreams. They can come out um, in those different circumstances. But then a lot of times, too, they're just random creative stuff like your mind is super crazy. Your mind is so powerful. And the more that you learn how to use it. Uh, to go in the direction that you want to go as opposed to letting it be distracted and letting it just kind of filter from thing to thing from, you know, uh, video to video, tweet to tweet, whatever it is. If you can really start to use it and focus it in one direction, those type of things just kind of fall in line. Things just kind of work out for you like things just it's kind of crazy to even say, but it kind of just seems like miracles just happen all around you because you're kind of one track minded. And so you're you're finding everything you're looking for, if that makes sense. If you're only looking for one thing, everything you see is going to be put into that perspective. Yeah.
Uh, TJ, um, I want to go back to when you were talking about, you know, feel more love and stuff. So I kind of want to just text you my, my cash app right now so you can send some love my way. Hey, I got uh, you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but no, also, Lamar, I think it might be part of, um, like I said, I haven't done much research on it, but I know my, my, my basketball coach in high school used to do a lot of med- meditation and um, he's always talked to us about sleep and stuff and how important it was. He's always say that maybe, I mean, I guess from your experience, maybe you're just getting deeper into your 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 REM sleep, uh, your rapid eye movement, which is I don't know if that's the only time, TJ, you can tell me that's the only time you, you dream, but I think that is when you get into your, your deeper your deepest dreams, like that's when you get into your your deepest sleep, and maybe when you go to sleep earlier, it's giving your time, your body, uh, more time to adjust to that and just to enter that rapid eye movement uh, sleep, which is maybe why you you're remembering your dreams or your your body's resting more so um, you can have time to have uh, REM sleep. So that might be another factor. I don't know, but... It, no, it definitely is be because, fact. I mean, you got to think about the fact that we were wired to live sun up to sundown. Like, that's how the human body was made to function. And then with artificial light, with phones, with literally just light bulbs, like, yeah. we started staying up later. So when you kind of get back into the rhythm of it, I've fallen out this month because everything's just been crazy for me. I've been up to, like, two... Uh, but uh, when you get back to kind of falling asleep a little bit after sunset and then waking up kind of around the sunrise, your body does start to definitely dream more and just function better because you're getting back into the natural rhythms. Yeah. And also, TJ, what you were saying earlier, I, I definitely feel that when you were saying you can't really force your body. Talking about meditation, mm-hmm. you can't really force your body to do it. It kind of has to happen naturally, but you kind of have to put yourself in that position for it to happen. Mm-hmm. I remember after our last episode, I told you I was I was in the process of, of of trying to learn or get myself to meditate. And I'm still in that process of making myself and to learn how to meditate. But I think the problem that I had that I'm not realizing is that I was trying to force myself. Uh, so I was I was trying to wake up early and, and kind of do it how how I've researched or how how you said you were doing it, and it just wasn't working for me. Um, and actually, I think it depends on that on the person too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I feel like you've always been a morning person. Like, you used to be up at 4 o'clock in the morning in the gym. That was not me. I was a person that hit you up at 11 o'clock at night to go to the gym. <laughs> so um, I just feel like it could work for me. But I think for me to start, um, it's kind of weird. But I, I was – I know Lamar's going to say something about this. But <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was meditating when I was driving. Oh, God. <laughs> what? <laughs> I so mean, you can I do it, but do it with your eyes open, though. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. But, like, I feel like usually, so when I was, before I was having this thoughts, I was just, as soon as I got in my car, I would turn on loud music and loud rap music, and I would just be, the whole time I was driving, I was just jamming. But now, but I can drive, like, three, four hours with no music at all. Hey, and I'm just in my car. You said what? You're a psychopath. <laughs> you're no, bro. Like, nah, I've been doing the it, same thing, truly. No, it helps. And like the whole time, I'm just thinking because when, when do you ever? So when I'm when do you ever have time? Like when you're not on your phone, when there's no TV by you, you're not with anybody else in the car, and you just sit there with your own thoughts. When you're at home, you have the TV there, you have your phone there, you have maybe Lamar trying to get active. You know what I'm saying? You you, you never you never know because you, you you always have something there that's taking your attention. But when you when you're driving, you have the road and you and I feel like my thoughts just goes elsewhere. And back to when TJ was saying that 
we were laughing at the, mm, you know, when people were, are meditating, like the constant sound. So um, when I was researching it, I mean, when TJ was saying he, he understands now like, why people do that and, and how it's kind of helped him. I think he said he does it too every once in a while. Well, for me, when, when actually it started coming for circles, because when I started doing that, when I was driving, the constant driving, like the, the constant sound I hear when my car is driving, it's a constant, it's a constant sound the whole time. You know, I mean, you, you hear other cars around you, but that, that, that sound of you and your car driving on the road, it's a constant sound the whole three or four hours you're driving. And it, I kind of, it kind of puts that, that, um, that, that same type of focus in my mind. I feel like I'm just, I can drive now and just think about stuff and it gives me time to not be on my phone, not be doing anything, but driving and focusing on one thing, which is the road and then my thoughts. So that's kind of how, in that sense, I have started meditating. Um, and it's worked out for me, honestly. So the hit, like what you said about like being in, like, being in your room because you have like TV and a phone, all these other distractions. I don't know how if it is for everybody, but I can like speak for myself personally. Like I kind of found out like my overthinking is on a whole nother level. Like I could be watching TV and I could be overthinking about something completely different. Like mm-hmm. the TV is not helping me get the stuff out of my mind or I can be on social media watching something or just clicking through stuff and then my mind is still going on other stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really, I guess it depends on you and the level that you overthink because like, yeah, the TV can help or your phone can help or it can just really be another, I guess, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it can really, it's not. I think I know exactly what you're yeah, trying to say. You want not, me to reword it? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So the way I see what you're trying to say is that in the same sense that you're saying you can overthink, you can also say that you lack focus. And I'm not saying that as a shot, but yeah, really yeah. like like I'm saying it like if you are watching. So because I'm only saying this from experience again, I only ever try to talk about things that I can speak from experience. So when I started to really realize that I was just kind of uh, not using my mind optimally, I guess is the best way I'll put it, was I was the type of guy always my whole career that I could watch film and I could see like the smallest details. Like I could see the dude's footwork. I could see the dude's uh, momentum. I could break things down and tell people stuff about their film that they just didn't see. And then as I started to get towards my later years of college and I stopped really feeling the same type of love for basketball that I had early in my career, I started to realize that I'd be watching basketball games and I wouldn't know what was going on. Like I would literally watch a game for like four minutes and I wouldn't be able to tell you the score. I wouldn't be able to tell you the time. I wouldn't be able to tell you who scored because I was like watching it. But like you said, I was just thinking about other stuff. I wasn't actually locked in on the game and what was going on. And so it's like a super um, it's like a super simple concept. But at the same time, it's taking people lifetimes to get there. But it's just the concept of staying present. It's the concept of like being in the, the, the present moment because that's all you ever got. Like the past is over with. There's nothing we can do to change it. And the present I mean, the, the future is something that we create by using the present effectively. So like when you talk about your mind being in one place, but you're trying to do something else, whether it's watch TV, whether it's scroll social media, it's just showing you that you're not really where you're at. You're you're in a whole nother world up top, although your feet are in, you know, your living room or your couch or whatever it is that you're doing. So again, the challenge is 
how can I cultivate that focus to such a level that no matter what's in front of me, not only can I see it, but I can also enjoy learning about it. So like, for example, I try to make my entire life a meditation at this point. So if I'm doing something as simple as cleaning dishes, I'm trying to see how focused I can be in cleaning those dishes. Can I, you know, scrub every last little thing off? Can I do this and that? And again, I don't I'm not sitting here and trying to say that I'm over here military status. All my dishes are squeaky clean and everything's organized. Nah, dude, I got a baby. My house is crazy messy. But when I do kind of find it in myself to stay focused in areas where that focus is lacking, uh, it kind of helps me enjoy the process more. It helps me kind of turn it into a game and say, okay, how well can I do this? Can I do this in this amount of time? Can I, you know, whatever it is that'll kind of help me keep my mind focused on the task at hand and do it efficiently, but also effectively. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I can really see the focus. Cause like, I know here recently I was like one of my friends, um, he sent me a song to listen to, um, off that, what's that new album with Roddy Rich, the Hibachi song. It had like him and, um, 21 Savage, somebody else on it. He was like, yeah, go listen, uh, listen to it. Um, 21, 21 part isn't good. So I'm listening to it while I'm driving, and I guess, like, my mind just went to, like, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, boom, the song is over, and he texted me, like, he ended up texting me later, like, a little bit after. He was like, so what you think? And I'm like, I was like, to be honest, bro, I didn't realize 21 Savage was in the song. Uh, I didn't realize he was in the song. Like, I just yeah, zoned bro. out and just heard music playing. So I had to go back, like, once I actually got to my destination and put my headphones in and make sure I focus on, like, okay, let me mm-hmm. let me make sure I catch his part this time. But, yeah, like you said, being present is a very big thing. Like, just to focus on what you're trying to do versus what you're trying to create in your head or think about what already happened. Like, yeah, finding that focus to not really dwell or, like, let it take over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing to work on. I think it's truthfully the most important thing you can work on. Like I said, now that I am kind of coming to understand it deeper, I only look at what I do in terms of basketball training as an ability and an avenue for people to create that focus in their own lives. So if people have looked at my Instagram before, if people kind of know anything about my training, I do a lot of stuff with tennis balls. I do a lot of making kids throw a tennis ball up, dribbling and catch it in the other hand. And people will say sometimes certain stuff as in like, oh, that's not game like. Wait, 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 wait. Shout, shout out the Instagram, bro. Put, put advanced the plug skills, in. advanced training. You know, it's on all the all the platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't have a uh, Snapchat or TikTok. We're gonna put it in the little description. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, we're gonna put it in the description. But yeah, man. So we do a lot of tennis ball stuff because. Not only does it help them handle the ball better at the end of the day because it takes their mind off of dribbling, but they're basically teaching their body and their mind the ability to focus and handle multiple variables at once, multiple, you know, uh, obstacles, things coming at them. If I've got to throw the tennis ball up, then make a move, then catch the tennis ball a certain kind of way, I have to be composed. I have to be focused. I have to be locked in on the goal at hand or else I'm just going to keep on doing something wrong because I'm going to throw it a certain way. I'm going to forget how to catch it. I'm going to drop it because I'm not looking at it the right way or focused on it enough. And so like for me now, I think it's truly the most important thing you can cultivate is the skill of focus because at the end of the day, that's how you're going to learn any skill you need. 
if I can't focus on something that's right in front of me, no matter what it is, I'm not going to learn as effectively and I'm not going to retain whatever it is that I'm learning because I'm simply not thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. And it kind of ties back to exactly what Jay was saying earlier about how he thinks that uh, we can get into robotic lives because we absolutely can. We're, we're creatures of habit unless we actively step outside of that role, which basically yeah. he kind of mentioned it, too. It's just staying conscious of your actions. It's staying conscious of the, the challenge again is how conscious can you stay in every moment? How how well can you accomplish each task that you have each day? When I take a shower, am I even really feeling the soap on my skin as I rub it or am I just getting in and just rubbing and getting out the whole time I didn't even think about that I'm really washing myself or if I'm eating am I really eating and tasting this food or am I just kind of scarfing it up and going on my way right the challenge is to say each moment is special and unique in itself and it should be appreciated in its fullness but again in today's society in today's world and just the human mind as it is it's always trying to pull us away from that. It's always trying to take us to the next experience, thinking about what we can eat after we finish our dinner or what we can do after we leave the club or what we can do after we're done hooping. It's always asking us that. And it's not staying appreciative of what's right in front of us. But no. that's like I said, it's hard. Habits are the hardest thing to break and they always have momentum. The longer you've been doing something and the more you've invested yourself into a habit, it's not going to be easy to just step outside of it one day. With you hitting on being cautious, like, that's a very big thing for, like, because I know, like, just about everybody I talked to before in the past, I tell them, like, I became very self-aware of, like, myself and, like, all my issues or my positives by all my, I've just been fully self-aware of myself, and I say that is, I say that's a good thing and a bad thing, because, like, since I'm aware of it, I know what I'm doing, I'm not putting the blame on somebody else, or I'm just, I can see all sides of it all different perspectives as we can say in the other episode but i say the bad side is like dang with me being an overthinker and i'm aware of like the negatives or everything that came with it now i'm thinking about that stuff every every day where like throughout the day so it's like me being a, but when you're not aware of something or aware of the issue it's like you really just go about your day and it don't really affect you but once you're aware of it it's like how am I going to fix this? Or you you want to see the change within that. So that being cautious is like cautious of your actions is very something like relevant to my life now type of thing. For sure. And it's just a matter of, again, um, how do I even word this? It's just understand that you can only control what you can control sometimes, right? The The quicker you learn that, and I'm not saying you don't, I'm just talking again, but the quicker you learn that there's some things you can control and there's some things that you can't. So if I really can't control it, I got to try to keep it out of my mind. I got to try to, you know, make some keep my mind focused elsewhere because there's nothing I can do about it. it. That's what's helped me a lot, because there's been plenty of times where a problem I've been faced with seems just massive. And then I realize that the portion that I actually have to work with is either very small or non-existent. And I just kind of stop focusing on it because I'm like, there's nothing I can do at this point. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you guys. Lamar, when you were talking about the music, man, I don't, I can count, I can even count many, many times where I've got in my car and I, I'm like, I'm about to play this song and I want to hear this part. And I get in my car and the song's already over. I'm like, wait, I missed the whole part. Then I play again and I'll do the same exact thing. Like as soon as I play it again, my mind would go elsewhere. I feel like my mind's always going 100 miles per hour. So I'll play it again 
and the song gets to the end, I'm like, dang, like, what am I even doing? Like, why do you just, like, stop and just sit on the side of the road and listen to the song? Focus in on it. No, yeah, and, like, TJ, um, I don't know if you said, like, this was kind of new to you, but, I mean, me seeing from the outside, focus of, like, has been one thing that I feel like you've honestly taught me in a sense. Um, I will say, not to even put a plug in, because that's my that's my boy, that's my brother, but I feel like TJ is one of, like, the best trainers, like, basketball trainers I've ever, like, seen or, or watched, because his attention to detail and his focus, like, we used to, he used to train, while he was training himself, and I was just jump, jumping in the drills with him. Like he would pay such a close, su- such close attention to detail. Um, like literally, we'll it'll be like me, you, and TP or something, or and we'll all be doing the same type of drill, but you'll modify it for all. We all have different things. We all are focusing on the different. I mean, we're, we're we're all different. I mean, uh, come at size, speed, or what we're good at, what we're bad at. We're just all different. Like we in. When you get done with the workout, we used to always, I used to always feel accomplished that I was working on was what I'm good at, and also working on what I wasn't good at while competing with, you know, UNTP. Um, I feel like you still do that now, like in your in your actual, like even though you're, you're done, I guess with, with sports for yourself, but when training other kids, um, you you I mean you, you do the same thing where you um, you're focused on what that person needs to work on. And I feel like that's that's one thing with, when it comes to trainers, they kind of have a cleat cutter. They don't really care about um, the actual performance of, of the kid. They kind of just want to do a, a cookie cutter drill or a cookie cutter practice and then get the money and get out. But I feel like with you, you you really do focus on, OK, what does this player need? And I'm going to do a certain drill to help them um, get better at that skill. Um, so that's something that I've seen and obviously something that you you've taught me just breaking down my game, I thought like it just helped me when I was playing basketball competitively, just saying, okay, I mean, learning how to actually play basketball and learning what I need to work on and focusing on, even if I thought I was good, which I wasn't, um, trying to see what, what parts I actually need to, uh, to focus on more and what parts that I need to, I need to see, okay, how other people are doing things or see how you were doing things or seeing how somebody else is doing things uh, to kind of add those things to my game. But if I'm just focused on me or nothing specific, actually, then you kind of just don't really, I guess you, you just don't really progress because you just focus on, um, how do I say this? You, you're just not focusing on the things that, like the, the little holes in your game or little holes in your life that you need to be focused on. For sure. I mean, it's always good to have an extra set of eyes for anything. And basically the way I try to see it is one, I just love helping people. Like one of my genuine passions is just making life somewhat easier and enjoyable for people. Because if I win, we all win. And if you win, we all win at the end of the day. But then also at the same time, I just always have kind of wanted to be what I thought I needed when I grew up, if that makes sense. And if we had had somebody at, you know, 13, 14, 15, who had been really trying to teach the game at a high level and really knew, like had seen and knew the game at a high level, I feel like a lot more talent in this area would have been developed in terms of basketball specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just what I'm trying to be now. And I mean, I appreciate the kind words, but it's always a learning, uh, learning journey. Like from where I started. Learning I journey. Like, I was that uh, I was that trainer at the beginning that was doing lots of cone drills, lots of handles, 
then I did a whole lot of, you know, game situation finishing and stuff like that. And then I went to small sided games and now I'm kind of just mixing everything in with some mobility and some meditation. So who knows what it'll look like in a year, but I'm just trying to help people. I'm trying to make sure that if I was in their shoes and if I was that 14 year old that was getting trained or 15 year old that was getting trained that if I was that kid, I wouldn't want to go to somebody that was just like, okay, we're just going to get a couple shots up and get out. Like I would want somebody that when they're watching, they're seeing how I shoot, trying to give me some type of feedback that I can take to improve, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really actually looking at my game, my physique, how I move and asking, you know, is this kid going to be good at dunking? Probably not. So we need to get him to be able to shoot. We need to get him to understand the game and be able to pass. Oh, is this dude a freak athlete? Okay. Maybe we need to work on, getting one to two dribbles, get to the rim and finish. It's just, like you said, everybody's different. And if that was me in their shoes, I wouldn't want somebody just throwing me some basic workout and taking my money. I want somebody that's really going to look at me, see what I need to focus on, see my weaknesses and not be a dick about it, not be, you know, whatever, but just be like, yo, if you're really trying to reach your full potential, this is what it is. And this is how we're going to get by it. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense, man, for sure. That actually separate good coaches from bad coaches because I, I can say from my own experience, like I went to Mesquite High School at first and I can say like the coaching there was good. Like we'll hit on just about everything and then we'll split up like do guards on doing some guard work and then like and we did everything basically. But then when I transferred schools and then I was in that basketball program, I was like we were basically doing the warm-up drills we were doing at my first school, they were basically the whole practice type of drills at my second. And I was like, this is not doing nothing. For, like, I, this, I would do this for a warm-up and then we on something else. So, like, I can really say, like, if I would have stayed at my first school, I would have been way, like you said, developed way better versus when I went to my second one where I really kind of got content and wasn't really growing and improving. Like, because we weren't even working out at my second school. My first school, we incorporated weights and everything. Then I went to a different school where he didn't believe in working out or whatever. And it was basically a BS workout plan he did kind of give us. And, like, no, you wouldn't see no improvement from anybody from it. It was just, like, it was just something he thought. And we were all like, yeah, this is not what it is. But, but some of that is, like, yeah, like, having a coach that can really see – and break down each player individually versus, like y'all said, the cookie-cutter method is very vital when it comes to sports, really. Or just in general in life, like having a mentor that can work with different people and understand how they're going to take it or what will work best for them versus just giving everybody the exact same plan to get through stuff. Yeah. So basically you're saying that it's your second coach's fault that you can't guard me? or Oh, oh, oh I like this. Uh, that's that's all I heard. That's all I heard. So. Hey, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't guard you. I'm just letting you have your sign on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate we, it, man. We Thank know you. how it goes on that on that hardwood on that concrete. Whoa. We we know we know who. Pause. We know we know who's better. We know who's better. Once we step out on that court, that's all I'm saying. Woo. That's all I'm saying. I like the hostility though. Like, like I said, when I'm back in C step, bro, I wanna only have all these ones. Y'all know I got the keys to the gym. Pull up. Hey, look here. I don't hoop no more, but that dog. I'm making no excuses, bro. That dog is still inside me. I can bring it out whenever I want to. It's just a switch. It's just a switch. Just a switch. So, uh, TJ, I also want to talk about your, um, 
I guess your your, your dietary uh, switch up. Um, okay, I'm not even gonna introduce you because I don't want to I don't want to butcher everything. So I kind of want to want you to kind of talk about your journey um, and kind of how it's helped you and why you made the changes you've made, if you're comfortable with that. For sure, absolutely. So um, I was a real picky eater growing up, to be honest with you. When I was a kid, it was a lot of chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and French fries, you know, the basics. Um, Then as I got older, it was a lot of meats and cheese, not a lot of veggies, not a lot of fruits, just kind of the basic. Um, And then once I got injured my senior year of high school, I mean, my senior year of college, I was kind of just wanting to figure out a way to make my body feel better. I'd had a ton of injuries in my basketball career tons of aches and pains everywhere. And I came upon a plant-based diet, which is basically, I don't think plant-based and vegan are necessarily the same, but I'll just kind of get into that briefly later. Um, So plant-based diets were apparently really good for inflammation, really good for kind of just your overall health and wellness. And so I decided to go vegan or go plant-based, whichever one you want to call it, for a year. I went for a year straight and I just kind of wanted to see the effects it had on my body. And so in doing so, I definitely feel like I cleared out a ton of the toxins that I had in my body because that food is so light. When you don't eat any meat and you don't eat any animal products at all, and it's just straight fruits, veggies, grains, rice, that type of stuff, your body digests it a lot easier than it does the fats and all that in animal uh mm-hmm animal food, animal products. And so I definitely felt lighter. I definitely felt um, more clear headed and I definitely felt more. I I don't know. I just felt light. That's the best way to put it. I felt very, um, very full of energy and things like that. But it was almost impossible for me to gain weight. I wasn't eating a whole lot of calories. I wasn't eating a whole lot of protein. And it's also much more of a a job, I guess, to have to eat plant-based foods just because they're not as widely available, right? Yeah. And especially if you want to do it the right way, which means cook for yourself, that's going to take time. It's going to take time and investment. Yeah. Um, so overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. I won't say that there was anything necessarily bad about it other than because I'm so active, because I'm always on the court, on my feet, rebound for people, running in guard, playing one-on-one, whatever it is. Um, I need more protein and more calories Mm -hmm. to kind of function at my most optimal level. If you're someone who isn't very active or if you're someone who doesn't really feel the need to put on a lot of muscle or do anything like that, I'd say go for it because it's something that it's something that definitely you learn from. You definitely have a much more you have a higher level of respect for healthy living and healthy eating. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of again, I think. For me personally, it helped me discipline my mind on a different level because one of my personal most impulsive things was eating. I would grab, you know, the tastiest snack, whatever it is, and I would just pop it because I'm I'm the type of dude that I'm going to stay skinny regardless. Like I said, I move a lot. I play a lot. I can eat whatever. I know I'm capable of it. I just won't feel great, but I'm going to still stay skinny and stay in shape just because that's how my body kind of functions. Um. But through that journey, there was millions of times where I'm looking at something and I'm like, dang, that would be fire right now. But I can't eat it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I can't eat that right now because I'm just trying to make sure that I'm as healthy as possible. And so I definitely think my body healed a lot of my minor ailments, my minor injuries. 
And then in the process of just doing my rehab workouts, doing my normal workouts, all that type of stuff, my body has just gradually gotten better. But now I basically just follow as much as possible. I basically follow an old school diet in terms of I don't really eat a lot of bagged or boxed food. Mm -hmm. I try to have chicken or beef with vegetables and maybe tortillas or spaghetti or rice or something. Um, try to stay away from chips, try to stay away from processed foods. I try not to eat anything with soy cause soy is bad for testosterone. Um, but yeah, that's really it. So like a basic day for me would be like eggs in the morning with some bell peppers and some spinach, maybe, uh, in some tortillas with some avocado. Then I might have some pasta with no meat for lunch and then I might have some chicken or rice for dinner or something so just get a lot of protein in get some good carbs and then try to stay functional throughout the day gotcha so my question is so did you have a certain date that you're going to stop or were you just like okay it's been about a year then let me uh let me know start getting back to what I was doing before nah I gradually kind of eased myself back into it so I don't have a start to finish date I don't know if it was exactly a year yeah. I just went for a certain period of time and I said, OK, now I'm kind of uh, I've kind of learned and understand how this specific diet makes my body feel. Uh, I'm going to start to experiment a little bit and see what feels good and what doesn't. So, like, for me, I can't really do much dairy. Dairy kind of messes my skin up, um, kind of makes me feel bloated at times. And so I stay away from cheese. I stay away from milk. I do all plant based products for those. Mm-hmm. But meat doesn't affect me so i do fine with chicken i do fine with beef as long as it's not super greasy you know i try to keep it either grilled or baked and uh lightly seasoned i'm not trying to pour everything on it but meat is fine for me grains are fine veggies are fine fruits are fine i can't do dairy so it's just a process of just saying okay like it's almost like again being conscious of your actions like how is my body feeling after i consume this do i feel better do i feel like i have more energy or do i feel really heavy and sluggish do i feel like i should go take a nap and then you kind of figure out like i want to eat the heavier foods at this period of time because i function better it's just a learning process for every individual yeah i don't know though but like after you eat that food and you know you took it, you got to take a nap after that. You know, that's how you know it hit, though. If, that, if, the, food, <laughs> if, the, food, if the food puts you to sleep, you know it hit. And I don't think that, again, I think for my personal experience, I overdid the plant-based diet because I was strict with it. I was like, absolutely nothing. I'm going to go balls to the wall in this thing. And I did. But again, now the understanding I'm at is that, like, food is one of the best parts of life. We shouldn't we shouldn't necessarily limit ourselves to good food. It's just kind of trying to eat healthier on a more consistent basis. And then understanding that when we do have those meals that knock us out, because we sleep on the couch after Thanksgiving or Christmas lunch, you feel me? It's like, uh, I did that. Now I need to go get my workout in and then continue my healthy pattern. So it's not getting into a habit where I'm eating those heavy meals and I need to take a nap every day. But when I, when those opportunities do come, I'm already living such a healthy lifestyle that I'm okay with taking, you know, this L on this meal and feeling the way I'm going to feel. Yeah. That was one of my biggest concerns. Cause like I said, I'm not big on red meat. Um, if, if I was to go, um, away from my current diet, which is no diet at all, uh, <clears throat> I would be maybe like a pescatarian, um, or I would just not eat red meat, I guess, it's just more chicken. I guess how you said more of a, like a, a old school diet or more traditional 
diet, but my biggest thing was I feel like I'm so active that I'm already small, so I feel like if I went vegan, I would just wither away. <laughs> but also, um, like I said, I just feel like I'm so active that I wouldn't need those extra calories or, um, you know, that, that extra protein because I, I do do a lot and I try to work out as much as possible. I still try to <clears throat> run a lot. I still try to play basketball when I can. So that was my biggest concern. My One of my good friends, Miles Johnson, he um, he went vegan, I guess, I want to say maybe his junior, senior year or maybe just his senior year when he was playing at Dallas Baptist. And... Like, I would see, like, on the road and stuff, you have to, you know, you know, you know how it is on the road where, you know, you pretty much stop at Applebee's and Chili's. Um, and you kind of have to figure out, you just have to figure out uh, what you want. And there's maybe sometimes where, um, you know, they'll get his order wrong and he had the whole bus giving him, uh, he got everybody's chips and chips and um, salsa or chips and guacamole. And I was like, I just, I just didn't know if that was something that, I want to do or if, if I can handle. So that was the biggest thing for me. But it's something I wouldn't mind trying, like you said, for a specific period. But I don't know. It's just, I guess, my lifestyle. I just didn't. I mean, you have the same premise lifestyle as me when it comes to like working out and stuff. But that's something that was one of my biggest concerns. And uh, I guess something else I want to ask was what was your first meal you had when you stopped being uh, your first actual non vegan meal? Chick fil A. Chick-fil-A. It's a good choice. <laughs> well, it wasn't Wait, was, a good choice, bro. What happened was I was at a basketball game, yeah. and I was at Shriner for one of the, like, uh, it was basically a rivalry game, and they invited some of the alumni back. Cool. And only thing they had to eat was some Chick-fil-A nuggets, and I was hungry. So I was like, you know what? This is going to be my ending point right here. And so I had some nuggets. And <laughs> I was like, all right, Chick-fil-A. now we're going to see how I felt. And I didn't feel bad. I felt fine. Yeah. I felt a little heavy. My body definitely was like, whoa, this is something we haven't ate in a while. Mm. But like I ain't throw up. I didn't feel nauseous. I just was like, okay, I can tell I ate some fried chicken. Like, yeah, I was, I was asking. I assume it was fried, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The baked, hey, y'all sleep. The baked nuggets are fire though. The grilled nuggets, bro. They slap. I mean, that, that's what I mean. The grilled, the grilled nuggets are fire. But that's actually what they I, slap. yeah, when I go there, I eat straight grilled because I kind of. This is why I know I, I could probably change my diet, but I haven't. It's because I was eating. At, at Dallas Baptist, dude, all we had on campus was a Chick-fil-A and, like, some other stuff that wasn't near Chick-fil-A. So, uh, I got so tired of eating fried chicken, dude. I stopped eating Chick-fil-A for, like, a year and a half just because I was tired of eating fried chicken. Like, I don't I don't go to Popeye's and churches because I just don't really like fried chicken like that. If I do, I'm getting chicken strokes. So, I stopped eating Chick-fil-A for, like, a year and a half because I just didn't want fried, like, fried chicken sandwiches and fried, uh, um... Fried tenders and stuff. So I uh, now now when I go there, it's been two years now. I don't think I've had anything fried there. Maybe a couple times. Well, I'm just in the mood for it. But usually I get grilled everything just because for me it just tastes better to me now. I'm I'm so tired of the grease, uh, especially when you can tell when they reuse their grease, and you can actually like taste the grease on the not just your filet, but like any place you go to get fried food, you can tell when they like. McDonald's is the worst at it when they refry their fries in the old grease. You can definitely tell it tastes like freaking like gasoline, <laughs> like the fries did. But yeah, anyways, that's kind of what I was thinking about uh, on that topic, though. Listening to y'all made me realize I actually kind of do have a good diet, I guess. It was not a planned diet, but it's just like how I actually eat. Like all I really eat is like baked chicken, fish. Um, 
I like I rarely eat out, but when I eat here, like baked chicken, fish, um, potatoes, uh, lots of eggs, um, rice, and um, vegetables. That's all I pretty much eat on the day to day. And then like a lot of pasta, but that's all I really eat. And then I have my moments where I do go out and eat. But listen, Wait, hold on. Think is in the diet, bro. What'd you say? I don't, I, said, I don't think Gumby's is in that diet. But I, I haven't really been eating that Gumby's like as I, as I used to, but I really slowed down. You still Gumby's every other day. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I ate them pizza rolls snack, though. I, that's what I tell everybody. Uh, the jalapeno ranch. That's what I tell See, that's what I tell everybody, man. Uh, but, I, 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 I'm still double days, bro. Please don't say I'm that. I'm still double days. They don't say that. The disrespect. But no, I guess it really, like, I guess my diet really helped came like for me stop eating out really came from me getting lazy and not wanting to leave the house to get food so it's like spend let me just make something yes don't want to spend money don't want to get up to go get nothing it's like why not just cook it here and then really you save a lot way more money like if you just buy all that stuff because like pasta chicken and stuff like that is really kind of cheap like and like you, you, yo, you will see like your Walmart or wherever you shop HEB bill go from like a hundred and something down to like sixty, seventy dollars. Yeah. Like you see a big yeah. price difference when you eat different. Yeah. The the one reason why I kind of, I said I think I eat healthy in my own diet. You know, I don't really eat out a lot. <clears throat> I think one of the main reasons is because I'm cheap. Like I'm first to say I'm cheap. So ever since I started working in January, every month I'll go through my bank statement and I'll. Every like I'll have like I don't know I probably have like 15 different categories where I put stuff in or every month I'll go through and say okay I spent five bucks on this ten bucks on this and I put uh, certain categories and every month my every month since January my highest expense has been fast food and it's been it's every month I mean besides like rent obviously but yeah. everything else has been my second after rent is fast food every month so gradually I've been seeing that it is your third OnlyFans. Uh, wow. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but yeah. So every every expense, I've, I've seen it go down. How how I've been more conscious, but then when that goes down, my groceries go up. So it's kind of like give or take. But it's kind of how you how you uh, I guess that's that's a learning experience. Like like uh, Tita says, it's the learning journey of trying to trying to figure it out, man. So yeah, bro. And I mean, like like anything else, it's gonna take time and dedication if you're really trying to eat healthier it's not going to be something that just kind of happens you got to do it and you got to choose to do it every time you try to figure out what you're going to eat because the easy thing to do is go pick up some quick something that's like already made for you but yeah. am i going to invest that time and energy into myself and my health and wellness or am i going to kind of throw it to the side and say i'm gonna just go get something tasty and quick yeah i think my biggest downfall is cheese i don't think i can get it rid of cheese and bacon honestly i i just can't like i just can't well if you say you can't then you can't but you can <laughs> but no i know that but also i i tried milk bro i try to get rid of milk like it, it messes with my stomach too yeah i've been left milk my my downfall was one day man I, you know I, I was doing like two months i was doing oat milk and i like it like put it in my oatmeal one day I made some cookies, right? And I was like, let me get a big glass of milk. So I got some oat milk, and I was so disappointed. It didn't slap the same way? <laughs> it didn't slap, bro. Ever since then, I'm like, nah, man, I got to at least keep a little milk just in case I want to make a milkshake or make a, uh, make some cookies. But that, that's my downfall, dude, so I'm the first to admit it. <laughs> hey, yeah, at least you're self-aware. I'm self-aware, man. 
Yeah. Man. I'm so when Jay told me a couple of days ago that she wanted to do an episode, already in my head, I was like, yeah, this is about to be a good one. Cause like since our first episode, I realized I was like, you the type of person where you understand like everything that you talk about. So if if I were if we're having a conversation, it can be about something that I know or you don't know or like we both don't know or like just in general. Like if you know a little bit and I don't know nothing at all, if I know a little bit, if with us talking, I'm gonna get more information on it. It's not like dang, I just talked to him and I still don't understand it. Like you you pick you like you, you pay attention to the detail and like you get all the details before you present it to somebody else. And like you said, um everything I'm saying is from what I personally did. I'm not gonna tell you something I didn't do myself like it's kind of speaking from personal experience so once jay said like yeah uh, tj's want to do an episode i was like bet this might be a good one i'm about to actually like learn some stuff and like it's gonna be a co- good conversation because yeah. and like we said like we like doing episodes with people that know like they know what they want to talk about and like it's not just us like talking you basically like teaching us and like telling us all this stuff that you're doing and we learn from you on how we can possibly incorporate in our own lives versus yeah. us just trying to like force conversations out. Yeah, now, I don't feel like TJ's type person where he's not gonna—I don't know—he's not gonna overwhelm you with stuff that he, that he knows. But he has a wealth of information. So if you ask him about it, you're gonna get all the information that you need. And it's—I yeah. mean, I feel like he's a very credible person in the sense that um, when he do ask for something, that he he has like facts or or his reasoning to back it up. Um, and also, um, I feel like he doesn't, um, I don't know how, how I put this in words. He doesn't really, um, when, when, when he doesn't know something, he's going to be the first to admit that as well. And I feel like they kind of go, you know, hand in hand. Um, I feel like that's why we've gotten along. I don't, I don't really get along with people that, that try to make stuff up or think they know everything. Like if you don't know stuff, I mean, that's the first, that's the one way you can grow is say, admit that you don't know something and ask that person, well, can you inform me or, or can, can you teach me this? So I feel like that's something that, you know, like, I feel like while me and she just got along over, over the years, I feel like we kind of are the same in that sense. So I, don't, I know I don't know, I don't know a lot of stuff, but I, I want to know a lot of stuff. So you right. something can teach me, let me know. <laughs> but yeah. yeah but man, we all supposed to learn from each other. And at the end of the day, one of my favorite, I, I may not say it's perfectly, but one of my favorite quotes is something like, the 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 art of a great teacher is someone who can explain a complex subject simply mm. like if you can explain the most complex subject in a way that a five-year-old can understand and walk away from then you're really teaching yeah. anybody can kind of regurgitate information and be like oh yeah x y and z is this and that but then when you try to get them to rephrase it or try to get them to speak in a way that you can understand they can't they don't have any kind of you know, secondhand experience or whatever to to be able to explain it. So I just try to make sure, kind of like y'all said, be honest. If I don't know something, I'm not going to try to BS it. I'm going to just be like, yo, I don't got the answer for you. Yeah. And then if I do got the answer, try to explain it in the simplest way possible and in the shortest way possible so that it's not some overwhelming. Yeah, I heard that a lot too, like coming up in school, like, yeah, if you can, you can know something, but like, if you know it well enough, you should be able to teach someone else it. And they understand it too through your teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TJ, I appreciate you for coming back on here, man. Another great episode, bro. It's always a good one with you. Um, what are you gonna say, Lamar? I, I was gonna say I still need a jacket. 
Apparently, everybody got <laughs> jacket. I got you, bro. I, I got still you, jacket. Like, I, let me know how much cost. No, no, no. Before he gets a jacket, he got to beat me in ones before, when we were both in college station. Like I said. If either of y'all beat me in ones, y'all can have a free jacket. Say less. I need, I got the black one. I need hey, a white you, one. You, you just go ahead and drop my jacket off now. <laughs> at this point. I just told you I'll pay for it. Now you want to give it to me for free? Okay. Just go ahead and drop my jacket off. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. It's always good to see you and, uh, and hear from you and... and Kind of pick your brand a little bit for sure. Appreciate y'all, bro. Of course, man. To the next episode, because apparently this is somebody we got to keep having on. You got to keep doing it, man. Hey, I'll do it anytime. I enjoy these conversations a lot. so. Let's do it, bro. Hey, let's get after it. Lamar, TJ, what we about to do, man? Let's get active. Let's get active. Let's get active. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so bad, boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you?